Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. On today's edition, we're looking ahead to that big clash at Bramall Lane on Monday night. It's Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. It's Saturday and that means football is back. The Premier League is back. Unfortunately, we have to wait until Monday night, but I'm sure we can survive lots of uh, sporting action uh, to delve into over the weekend ahead of our game up at Bramall Lane. Of course, England progressing to the semi-finals of the Rugby World Cup, which is good news um, for many. So, um, yeah, got up early and watched that this morning. Uh, But Let's look ahead to that game at Bramall Lane. That's what we're here to do. Don't forget this podcast is sponsored by The Last Man Standing with loserpool.com. And as ever, I am your host, Harry Simeon. So on today's edition, we'll be looking ahead to that game. We'll be talking you through what we can expect from Sheffield United. We'll be looking at uh, Arsenal's potential lineup, what I would go with, and I'll be taking some of your comments uh, from the live chat. We'll also finish it off with a cheeky prediction. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, like, share if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening via the audio, please don't forget to leave us a review. We appreciate all your fantastic support. Right, let's let's begin by having a look at some statistics between the two clubs. We're going to look at some historical Premier League meetings between the two. Um, And if I just share my screen for those of you who are watching us on YouTube at the moment or watching us back later on... um, Here it is. Here's Arsenal and Sheffield United's head-to-head record in the Premier League. Now, they've only played six times uh, in the Premier League. Sheffield United, of course, have been away from the top flight for quite some time. Um, When Chris Wilder took over, they were in League One, struggling. Now they're in the Premier League, putting their minds against some of the Premier League's top sides. Um, They gave Chelsea a, a really difficult game at Stamford Bridge where they came back from two goals down for a draw. They also put in a really, really positive performance against Liverpool at Bramall Lane just a couple of weeks ago. So that um, shows you that this Sheffield United side are here uh, to compete. They mean business and I personally expect them to uh, stay in the Premier League um, come the end of the season. I don't think they'll go down. I think based on what we've seen so far in the first eight games or so, they look a really, really strong side. But interestingly, when you look at the head-to-head, six games between the two sides, Sheffield United have won once and that was at Bramall Lane. Arsenal have won twice uh, and that was uh, at Arsenal both times. Now, there's been three draws, which is quite interesting because when you think about how superior Arsenal have been in terms of their league positions to Sheffield United over the years and, you know, the the two fortunes of the clubs, it's, it's quite odd, in my opinion, that Arsenal have only managed to win twice out of the six fixtures. So what does that tell us? It tells us that Sheffield United traditionally give us quite a difficult time. If we look at the previous meetings, um, we lost at Bramall Lane in September, uh, December sorry, 2006. That's how far back you have to go for the last Premier League meeting between these two sides. Um, that same season, we beat them 3-0 at the, it would have been the Emirates by then. Um, then you look at Sheffield United 1, Arsenal 1, Bramall Lane, another Monday night game. That was 1994. 
uh, that same season, Arsenal won 3-0 at home. And before that, it was 1993. So those are the last fixtures uh, between uh, the two clubs in the Premier League. So as we've already said, Arsenal have won two, Sheffield United have won one, and there's been three draws. Now, Bramall Lane isn't the nicest of places to go on a Monday night. I don't think that's any secret. It's not the kind of place you look forward to going. Unai Emery's already mentioned, hasn't he, in his press conference, that we're going to go there. We're going to play in the rain. It's going to be difficult. And you know that the Bramall Lane crowd will be behind them. So it's by no means going to be an easy game. Let's look at the form guides uh, between the two sides, um, starting with Arsenal. If you look over our form, there was the 2-2 draw at home to Spurs. We then drew 2-2 at Watford. We've since beaten Villa at the Emirates, drawn at Old Trafford and beaten Bournemouth. Um, so, you know, undefeated in the last five, which is a positive, but there's three draws in there. Um, in my opinion, you know, yeah, the Spurs draw, we were two goals down, so you'll take that. But Watford and Manchester United, we should have got more out of those two games, in my personal opinion. But that's our our last five. That's our form at the moment. Sheffield United, um, as I mentioned, they got that draw at Stamford Bridge. But since then, it's been a mixed bag. They lost at home to Southampton by a goal to nil. Uh, they beat Everton away, which was a very, very positive result. But Everton are having a difficult time uh, under Marco Silva at the moment. They lost at home um, to Liverpool by a goal to nil. That was very, very unfortunate, in my opinion. And they drew away at Watford, who are struggling this season. So I think Sheffield United, whilst they probably won't say it, it's an away point. I think they would have been quietly disappointed with that result. If we look at the seasons so far, Sheffield United currently sit in 13th. Arsenal sit in third, which is positive. And I know there's been like a mixed bag about that in recent weeks. You know, some of us have been saying it's not a true reflection of, of where we are as a team. And to a degree, I, I stick to that point. But we are third and we should be proud of that at the minute. We've won four of our eight games, drawn three, lost one. Um, Sheffield United have won two, drawn three and lost three. Average goals scored per match, Arsenal 1.63. Sheffield United less than one a game. Um, so that is a, a concern for them. I don't think they've really established who their main centre forward is going to be this season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who Chris Wilder goes with Um on Monday night, of course. Uh, in terms of clean sheets, Sheffield United have actually kept more than us. They've kept three. Arsenal have kept two. On average, we're creating 1.75 clear chances uh, per game. Sheffield United is 1.25. Their biggest win was uh, away at Everton by two goals to nil, as was that 3-2 victory over Aston Villa at home. Arsenal yet to win a game this season by more than one goal, which is quite interesting. Worst defeat, they lost at home uh, to Leicester by two goals to one, as was, of course, at Anfield, where we were beaten by three goals to one. Now, if you look at uh, the top player stats amongst the two sides, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leads the way in goals. He's got seven so far. Lacazette on two. Callum Chambers will be joined third uh, with a few others there. In terms of assists, Danny Ceballos on two. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is on two, as is Nicola Pepe. Passes completed, Matteo Genduzzi, 460 Granite Xhaka uh, is in third, 4-4-9. And Oliver Norwood is sandwiched in between there with 453. Oliver Norwood, though, leads the way in tackles. And if you look at the tackle statistics, it's all Sheffield United players, the top three there. Uh, Norwood, Stevens, and Chris Basham lead the way there. Um, what can we expect from this Sheffield United side? Well, 
that's a question I've been asked a few times uh, over the past few days. And what I can say about Sheffield United is that they're a very committed, hardworking um, and organised side. And Chris Wilder is like a throwback to that old school um, English manager. And people talk about him being very old fashioned. And he is in some ways, but he's also very innovative in the way he, he sets up his side. And he's applied something slightly different to, to what we're used to. And I think it's worth pointing out. Although Sheffield United play with this 3-5-2, there is an emphasis on the centre-backs. Get this, not the wing-backs, the centre-backs causing uh, problems with overlapping runs on the outside with the midfielders dropping back and slotting into those positions. So that is something Arsenal need to be aware of. It's all good concentrating on the wing-backs and isolating them out of the game. But with Chris Wilder's side, there is a lot more to it. There is a lot more... um, flexibility and sophistication in his system. So Arsenal will need to watch out for that. That 3-5-2 gives them a really, really solid core, which makes them difficult to break down. And you can see that by the fact they've kept three clean sheets this season. So that is, um, you know, something to watch out for. I think Sheffield United's problems are probably at the other end in terms of scoring goals, but we know Arsenal's defence has been far from watertight. Be interesting to see who Unai Emery goes with and whether that makes uh, much difference. But, you know, they'll fancy their chances at Bramall Lane and Arsenal need to go there, in my opinion, and be at it from the first, first minute. I'm going up to Bramall Lane on Monday, so hopefully I get to see uh, see and speak to some of you up there. If you do see me, come and say hello. Um you guys see my face every week. I don't always see yours. Um, so I may not recognise some people. So please do come over and say hello. But yeah, I think it's going to be a really difficult game. It's a long old trip. Um, I've chosen to stay there on Monday night because I don't um, fancy the drive back. Uh, so we're going to stay up there. But yeah, we'll be bringing you some content from Bramall Lane uh, directly after the game. Uh, probably bring you the podcast the next day, the full version. So stay tuned for that too. Uh, but let me know how you think this one's going to go. Um, let me know your predictions. I'm going to run through my starting lineup now, and then I'll come back to my prediction and incorporate that with some of yours. Let's have a look at some of your live comments. Um, Kathy Bailey says, morning, Harry. Hope you're well. Hi, Kathy. Hope you're good too. Uh, Jolly says, good morning, Harry. Uh, morning, mate. Uh, Tony says, Galimera, Harry. How you doing, mate? Uh, Kathy says, was interesting to hear your Ozil dissection the other day, Harry. Um, guys, if you haven't already checked that out, check out the last episode of the podcast where I... It, it starts as a, a dissection of a situation, turns into a little bit of a rant um, on the Mesut Ozil situation, reflecting on his interview uh, that he gave to David Ornstein and, and sharing my opinion. You may not agree. Uh, you may disagree. That's absolutely fine. Um, but I hope that I put my points across in a, in a strong way and uh, be interesting to hear your guys' thoughts on that. So if you haven't already checked that one out, please do head over and check it out. Right, it's time to share uh, my starting lineup for the game at Bramall Lane on Monday night. As I've said, I think it's going to be a really, really difficult game. Uh, it's certainly not going to be easy. I expect Sheffield United to be committed, uh, give us a real tough time. But I think if you look at Arsenal's team on paper, we should have enough. Um, we, we should have enough quality to overcome them. And, you know, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's the type of game that traditionally Arsenal have struggled in. Nobody really fancies going to Bramwell Lane on a Monday night. Their fans will be relishing that under the lights, uh, probably wet and windy conditions, I'd imagine, based on the weather that we've seen in the last few days. So it's not going to be easy by any means. Um 
but let's let's go into the formation and the the lineup that I would go with. So I'm going to go with Bern Leno in goal. No surprises there. I'm going to go with a back four. Um, my right back is going to be Chambers. Now I, that's because I don't think Bellerin is quite up to scratch yet in terms of his fitness. It's not a, a reflection of me feeling that Chambers is a better right back. I don't think that at all, but I just think Callum Chambers has been on good form and deserves his place in the side. And until Bellerin is 100% fit, it makes the most sense. Rob Holding will come into the team for me at centre-back alongside David Lewis. Um, I've got a bee in my bonnet about Socrates so far this season. I think he's been poor. I think lots of people have given him a free ride because he does show that passion, because he does fist pump, etc., etc., you know, I think he's an OK defender, but I think he's he's been out of form lately. He's been exposed by other weaknesses in our team. And I just think that if you're adamant on playing out from the back, which as we've seen Unai Emery is, and he, he wants that to be a thing, then I think Lewis, sorry, and Holding is, is the right combination. At left back, I'm going with Kieran Tierney. I bring him into the side. I think he's ready now. I think we've seen glimpses in the Europa League and, and various other um, cup competitions and stuff that he's been involved in that he can offer a lot going forward in terms of the final ball. I think he's a lot better in his delivery than Sead Kalasinac, who I actually thought played OK against Bournemouth the other week. I don't think he was um, the worst player. So it's not a reflection of, of him being poor. I just think that Kieran Tierney is better um, and I think he's ready. And we spent a lot of money on him. And now it's time to get him into that side and start um nailing down that position and making it his own. So I want to see Kieran Tierney in at left back. In the midfield, um, I'm going with Granit Xhaka. Again, this will divide opinion, um, but he is the club captain. And I don't think, as I've said repeatedly, he's as bad as other people make out. I think if he plays as part of a, a double pivot, then it's OK. Um, lots of people have been calling for Lucas Torreira to come into the side. And normally I'd agree with that. But based on current form, I think it's got to be Matteo Genduzzi. I think he's been really, really good in recent weeks. And, you know, if you'd have asked me this at the start of the season, I would have told you Xhaka and Torreira is my two. But I think Genduzzi's form warrants him being in the side. Um, I think that uh, Danny Ceballos should play. Um, you know, uh, I went on and on and on about this Ozil thing the other day and how he deserves a place in the side. And in my opinion, that's true. Um, but is Bramall Lane the place to throw him in from the beginning? And people will say, well, if he can't play at Bramall Lane, what's the point in having him? What's the point in paying that sort of money? I just think that he's been out for a while. He's not match sharp. But he would definitely 100% be in the squad for me, Mesut Ozil. And he's definitely a good option. Maybe um, we could incorporate him in one of those front three positions, but I don't think Unai Emery would do that. Um, and maybe I'd like to see my fullbacks a little bit more defensive on Monday night. So I probably wouldn't do that because I think with Sheffield United, you've got that problem of them having wingbacks, wingbacks whose defensive responsibilities are going to be a lot less than those of our fullbacks. So you can see... Wilder's wingbacks pushing up to the halfway line and, and pinning back Tierney and Chambers. Therefore, we need something in those wide areas. So that's why I'd probably go, um, ba again, based on current form with Saka on the left. Um, I think, you know, he's done really, really well. But I will say this, although I think Bukayo Saka's done pretty well, you know, Martinelli's not far behind. 
behind him. For me, Gabriel Martinelli looks the most exciting of these young players. And that's why, um, you know, this one was a tough one for me because I think it's very clear that Martinelli prefers playing from the left. He's very hardworking. He makes things happen. But I think Saka is a bit more of a traditional wide man. And I think that's why he'll probably get the Northern Wild, probably pick him. Um, for me, I'd play a Bamiang on the right. Um, and I'd play Alexander Lacazette through the middle. He's, he's fit and available. Now, Unai Emery has said that he may not be ready to play 90 minutes. That's fine. I accept that. Um, but, you know, you're going to have Reese Nelson. You're going to have Pepe, um, you know, and Martinelli in reserve. So for me, I think that's the way I'll do it. I think, interestingly, Aubameyang looks better when he plays from the right than the left. But I think the the fact that Nicola Pepe's come in and wants to play on the right has probably forced Emery's hand in moving Aubameyang out onto the left-hand side when, when Lacazette's available and fit through the middle. But I just think if you do that, um, that's probably my strongest uh, lineup based on Monday's game and, and what I would go with. I think Lacazette will be key in holding the ball up. I think if Aubameyang and Saka can make those runs and support him um, and get close to him, that'll be great. Danny Ceballos threading balls right and left will be interesting. Genduzi. Um, he needs to patrol this area, as does Granite Xhaka. But interestingly, I want to see Callum Chambers sit back. I want to see him covering his position. I don't want to see him doing this and forcing Genduzi out here because then what that does is it means Granite Xhaka has to patrol this entire area on his own. And that, for me, is where we've had problems. As good as Matteo Genduzi has been, I feel like at times he gets drawn into pressing balls in these areas and these areas and here and and that's not quite right. You know, there is a time and a place to press. I think you can press effectively while staying in, in your formation and in your shape. So I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Granite Xhaka having to cover all of this area and patrol the whole midfield. And I think, you know, whilst he's not been perfect and there's been problems in his own individual performances, I think we often leave him exposed. So that for me is key. The press has to be disciplined and, and those two have to make sure that together they hold that midfield. You know, going out there, out there is not so much of a problem, but the minute you start going over to protect your left back, um, you know, you're leaving your partner exposed in the middle of the park. If Chambers and Tierney are a little bit more conservative, Saka um, and Aubameyang can tuck in a little bit here when we haven't got the ball, then that's great. And ready to spring uh, out on the counter-attack when the ball does reach Alexander Lacazette. Now, is it Aubameyang's natural game? No. Is he maybe a little bit wasted? Probably, yeah. But for me, him and Lacazette are our standout players. And so you've got to find a way of getting them both in the team. It's just how I feel at the minute. Um, let me know what you think in the comments. Let me know um, your preferred starting lineups, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, that, that that's just how I'm seeing it on, on Monday. That's what I would go with. Do I think that's what Unai Emery would go with? I think there's a good chance um, that's the team he'll pick. I, I don't necessarily think that he'll start Lacazette, but as I, get, as I said already, this is my preferred starting lineup. And, you know, if Lacazette can only play 60 minutes and then Aubameyang has to go up there and Pepe or Nelson or Martinelli comes on, then so be it. Um, but I just, I, I'm a real believer that you should start with your best team. Um, I'm a real believer in on imposing yourself early on in a game, particularly away from home against a side like Sheffield United, who whose crowd will feed on 
the uncertainty within the Arsenal side, you know, any slip up, any mistake will get them going. And it just feels like for Arsenal to have the best chance of going to Bramall Lane and getting all three points, we have to really impose ourselves early doors and make Sheffield United sit back and take note and say, hold on a minute, you know, this is a really good side. We have to be careful. And and I, you know, on the one hand, people will say we're better on the counter-attack and you want them to come out. I think you will see Sheffield United come out and attack us in various points of the game because Chris Wilder has shown that his team are not afraid to do that. But equally, there, there's a fine line between wanting to play on the break and then just inviting pressure. Now, this is not a defence capable of inviting pressure on themselves. This is not a central defensive pairing that want to have their backs against the wall, in my opinion. You know, Rob Holding, what I like about him is he's cool, he's calm, he's composed. What I like about David Lewis is he's very good on the ball, but he doesn't want to be receiving the ball from Bern Leno with Sheffield United players on top of him. And, you know, interestingly, you're going to see this time and time again. If Arsenal do try and play out from the back, you're going to see Gendouzi dropping in here to receive the ball. You're going to see Granit Xhaka dropping in here to receive the ball. But Arsenal need to be sensible in their application of that because, you know, and I always go back to this example, but if you look at the Watford game when Socrates played that shocking pass out um, and it was, of course, cut out and Watford, uh, you know, won the ball back um, and eventually scored from it. The problem was that if you freeze frame that moment and look at it again, even if that pass reached Gendouzi, he was in this type of position here on the edge of his own box with players all around him. And you don't want that. That That is not ideal. I think, you know, we've seen a little bit less of it. I think Arsenal have been a little bit more sensible about it in recent weeks. And if you cast your mind back to last season, we did the same thing. We started the season adamant. We were going to play that way and the season went on. We sort of abandoned that principle a little bit. Martinez, when he's played in the cup games, has, has abandoned that. You know, when possible, he's played it short, but you can see... Um, there's a real reluctance there. Burn Leno, not so much at the moment. Um, but I think over the course of the season, if it continues to cost us, continues to put us in dangerous situations, I think you'll see Burn Leno take that same approach. So that is my starting lineup uh, for Monday night's game. Um, again, I want to emphasise it may not be the lineup that I, I necessarily believe Unai Emery is going to go with, but I've been picking those lineups, getting them pretty much right. And then people have been telling me that they'd rather hear my preferred lineup. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, there it is. Um, Matt Hales in the comments. Um, he says, this is my lineup. Leno, Bellerin, Chambers, Holding, Tierney, uh, Torreira, Willock, Ceballos, Laka, Oba and Pepe. Interesting. Um, so Matt has gone for Chambers in a centre-back with Bellerin starting. I'm just not sure that Bellerin is up to it um, physically yet. And, and, you know, I'm not... not saying that he's not a top right back. And I, I, of course, I want to see him back in the side straight away. But I just, based on the last game I saw him, which was in the Europa League, I think it was against was it Standard Liège, he looked really rusty. Um, so I'm not sure that this is the game to throw him back in. Torreira, Willock and Ceballos. I mean, Torreira seems to be out of favour lately. And I'm not sure um, why, uh, given that it was this, uh, you know, management team that brought... Lucas Torreira in. Um, well, when I say this management team, I mean it was under Unai Emery that he was he was brought in. I think he's been asked to press when he's been in the side, press a little bit further forward. It hasn't necessarily suited him. And maybe we haven't seen the best of him, um, you know, uh, in his 
you know, start to this season in particular. But, um, you know, he has a lot to offer, in my opinion, Lucas Torreira. But, you know, if the midfield and the system and the team around these players is not set up right, then we're going to continue to struggle. Uh, so that's where uh, I am at looking into Sunday's game. Um, that's where uh, my thoughts are at the moment. But yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's it. That's uh, my team. That's my lineup, etc., etc. My prediction, however, is uh, going to be a 2 1 Arsenal win. Again, sticking to that narrative of us not winning a game by more than two, boy, uh, sorry, by more than one goal. Uh, this season. So I'm going to stick with that. I think we will concede, but I think Arsenal will just have that extra bit um, uh, of power and that goal scoring prowess. Apologies there if I said Sunday, I mean Monday. Um, all over the place. It is Saturday morning. I got up early, watched the rugby. I'm knackered. Um, but, and I'm working all weekend as well. But anyway, yeah. So uh, that's what um, I want to go with. Um, my prediction is an Arsenal 2 1 win. And uh, we'll be back bringing you some content directly from Bramall Lane on Monday night. So uh, please, if you haven't already subscribed, hit the bell, uh, sign notifications, etc. And uh, we will get you, uh, yeah, we'll get you involved um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you then. So uh, stay tuned. More stuff coming your way. All the best and uh, take care. Enjoy the weekends.